0: today on Broadway for Monday, March 12th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway stars James Marino.
1: And I'm on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak.
0: Uh, Guys, before we get into everything, first off, we do want to send out the very best of wishes to the great Lorna Left, who collapsed backstage after a concert at a jazz club in London over the weekend. Reportedly, she was having trouble remembering lyrics and dialogue, so she was rushed to the hospital where, according to her spokesperson, she was, quote, initially diagnosed with a brain tumor. Left, of course, is the daughter of the late, great Judy Garland and producer Sid Left and the younger half-sister of Liza Minnelli. She has been in remission uh, from a bout with breast cancer for about six years now. So our thoughts are obviously with her and her family and her fans uh, right now going through something that has to just be ungodly terrifying. So um, our thoughts are obviously with with Lorna left right now. All right. Moving on, uh, James, over the weekend, you had a couple things come up in this very podcast feed on Friday. We talked about the next episode of Spotlight with Jenna Tessa Fox, where she talked with Duncan Flaster from uh, the the underpants Godot or Godot, however you want to argue about saying it. Um, it's real quick, seven and a half, eight minute interview. So if uh, people want to know what that is crazy titled show is all about. That is in the feed as well. And then, James, on Sunday, you had This Week on Broadway with Peter and Michael, and you talked with Deborah Grace Weiner uh, from the Classic American Songbook at Feinstein's 54 Below. You also reviewed the new groups Good for Otto, Playwrights Realms, Hello from the Children of Planet Earth, A Letter to Harvey Milk at the Acorn, and more. So, anything from This Week on Broadway especially stand out to you, James? Um...
2: You know, it was a solid show. We had a. Uh, you know, folks might remember we talked to Deb Grace Weiner uh, uh, last year or so, maybe two years ago, when she was the artistic director of 92nd Street Y, the Lyrics and Lyricists series. And she has uh, moved on to this. Uh, we're producing this series over at Fine Science 54 Below. It was a really deep dive into Rogers and Hart. Uh, long discussion about that so uh it was very interesting um and uh peter and uh michael also had some pretty good reviews uh there so take a listen very cool awesome all right first up in the news duncan Sheik and sarah Bareilles working on an alice in wonderland musical
0: Yeah, this is bizarre on a lot of fronts, and I'm going to tell you why. Because first, we're talking about it um, about three weeks after it originally came to light via tweet, but apparently social media isn't as prolifically news spreading as we thought, um, as we just really kind of are hearing about this, even though the tweet was originally sent out back on February 19th when Duncan Sheik was responding to what's either an unhinged fan or maybe somebody who... I I don't know. It was a weird exchange and I don't think this person's first language is English. So that might be something to do with it. But the fan was making some sort of odd accusations against him and maybe also Borellis based on the characters in both American Psycho and Waitress. It's as if that person didn't realize that those musicals were both based on existing properties. But anyway, eventually Sheik revealed some news about the pop slash Broadway composing duo. He said, quote, we are working together next year on an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. Now he doesn't, answer any of the obvious follow-up questions like is this for the stage or maybe for the screen um, or by next year do you mean that it'll be finished next year or is the plan uh, or is there are they both so busy that they won't start working on it until next year either way this first got me thinking of course about what a score co-written by Sheik and Varelis would sound like I think it'd be very cool but then it's got me thinking whether or not we really need another version of Alice in Wonderland. Much like my thoughts on Peter Pan, I am firmly in the leave well enough alone camp for Alice and all things Wonderland. But apparently writers of all kinds just can't get enough of these two public domain stories. And yes, please don't at me. I know the original Peter Pan play is still under copyright through 2023 here in the U.S., but it's expired everywhere else in the world so people can get around those, those things that way. So anyway, James, Natalie... What do you what do you think? Are you interested in these two collaborating and are you more or less interested in these two collaborating, knowing that it is some sort of Alice in Wonderland project?
1: I think it's really cool. I I like both of them. So I want to see what they would do with this project. I actually I think it'd be really nice.
2: uh, Didn't we talk about Alice in Wonderland a few weeks ago? I, I, I feel like we
0: talked about an hour some Wonderland thing like all the time because I made a joke about, we, we about, about Wonderland. Frank,
2: yeah, we talked about yeah, Frank Wildhorns. Frank Wildhorns Wonderland. We talked about an hour and I wonder I can't remember what context it was, but um I wonder if uh Duncan Cheek was being sarcastic because I it's you know, we, we talk about all the time as As our lives seem like we are through the looking glass, and maybe he was fed up with a troll on Twitter, and he's like yeah we we're, we're working on Alice in Wonderland now just to uh you know."
0: I- Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I understand what you're saying. He doesn't, he's not a big tweeter, so it looks like he was answering questions. Um, and I I don't think I, as, as reading through it and trying to Mm -hmm. make sense of the weird exchange, I don't, I don't think that's the case. And I haven't heard anything to the contrary since this news was kind of reported last week. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like these two very similar in terms of their, their songwriting, obviously Mm -hmm. different decades in their pop music careers. Um, I just I just don't need another Alice in Wonderland. I just, you know, between the movies and the original movie and all the different stage adaptations. And literally, we had Wonderland like five years ago. You know, move on. I would love to see these two work together on something original or maybe something a little more off the beaten track. But maybe that's just me.
2: My point about bringing up when we talked about it was maybe he got the idea from us. Oh, well, I mean, duh. Mm. I mean, granted, I don't think we talked about it
0: before February 19th. But uh maybe <laughs> retroactively through the looking glass and all that.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's uh, We inceptioned it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for the mortals out there that where time is linear, you know. What fools these mortals be. Yeah, exactly. What's happening in the uh, show and casting news? All right, we've got uh, a couple things here.
0: Last week, we finally got solid information on the Broadway plans for the new musical The Prom. We already knew that it was planning a November opening on Broadway for this fall, but we didn't really know when previews would begin. And more importantly, where previews would begin. However, on Friday, it was announced that the new show would be starting performances at the Court Theatre on October 21st, ahead of a November 15th opening. Of course, Michael Riedel reported this what happened in the post already, so it wasn't a huge surprise. Now, what was what was a bit of a surprise was when the great Ohio State Buckeye fan that is Elena Shadow had it apart Robbie Rosell's 54 sings Jane Eyre mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. At that time, no official reason was giving was given for her being replaced by Samantha Missel. Robbie kind of hinted that there was a something really cool happening for Elena, but now we know that it is because she is taking over the role of Anna in the national tour of Lincoln Center's The King and I. She will join Jose Lana Broadway Radio I don't know if we can call him a regular, but I know he's been on a couple times. Uh, she'll join Jose Lana on tour in Tempe, Arizona, beginning on March 20th. She'll be replacing the wonderful Laura Michelle Kelly in the role. And finally, in this section, last week we learned that Ben Crawford, most recently seen on Broadway in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as Veruca Salt's father, uh, will take over as the Phantom of the Opera. On Broadway, beginning on April 16th, Crawford will succeed Peter Yobak, who led the production during the recent 30th anniversary. Crawford has also appeared on Broadway in the 06 revival of Les Mis, Shrek the Musical, Big Fish, and most recently on the twi- um, before Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in On the 20th Century.
2: Um, You mentioned Riedel for a second. Uh, I wanted to point out oh, yeah. that... In in Riedel's uh, most recent column, uh, uh, I guess about a week or so ago, uh, he mentioned in the very bottom of the column that he is continuing to write his column, but he's taking a couple of weeks off, uh, and then he'll be, be yeah. back to talk about um, the Tony Awards and things like that. He didn't say whether he was going to go beyond the Tony Awards, but he did... Uh, he did mention that he's taken a few weeks off and then he'll be back to writing his column. Uh, yeah, I, Did he say in a weekly
0: format? I, I don't know if I heard that somewhere else or says, if he wrote uh, that.
2: It says, this is my last column for a few weeks as I settle into my new gig on Len Berman and Michael Riedel in the morning on 710 WOR radio. But I'll be back in the post in April to stir things up for the Tony Awards. Until then, bye-bye, Bertie no he didn't that thing's never going to NBC. that thing's never (laughs) happening live (laughs) exactly so uh just to let everybody know that uh that seems to be the plan for right now for mr riedel yep all right next up uh is it broadway stars head to hollywood for pilot season
0: Yes, yes, it is. This has kind of become a tradition for us here on Today on Broadway, James, because this time of year we run through all of the pilots that Broadway folks have booked. We already talked about Anna uh CBS sitcom. We talked about that a few weeks ago. She's actually already done filming that. Um, But we did get some more stuff on Friday. It looked feel like deadline just opened up the floodgates and released a bunch of stories. So as we talk about these things, keep in mind that some of these will end up getting picked up to series like the John Lithgow, Krista Rodriguez and Stephen Boyer trial and error that aired last season. But some won't get picked up to series like the ill-fated Megan Hilty led First Wives Club. So keep in mind, some of these will make it to air. Some of them won't, but first up on Friday, it was announced that Her Royal Majesty Queen Leslie Margarita has joined ABC's sitcom Most Likely To, opposite Yvette Nicole Brown. The show is from screenwriter Diablo Cody, who is writing the book to that Jagged Little Pill musical we talked about last week or so, and Berlanti Productions, which is helmed by Greg Berlanti of the DC Arrow Berlanti superhero universe, but as we've talked about before, he basically includes musical theater stars in every show he does, no matter what it is. Um, so that's really exciting that Queen Leslie's in that. According to Variety, quote, in high school, Liz, Queen Leslie, had everything and Marky Brown had nothing. Twenty years later, they're reunited under the same roof, as single moms and unlikely housemates. Liz is a fabulous train wreck who lives by her own rules. Forced to exit Los Angeles for her hometown when her marriage fell apart, Liz's secret insecurities begin to show around Markey. Guys, again, don't know if this will be picked up, but I've already set my DVR to record it just in case. Uh, Also from Deadline... They reported that Brian Stokes Mitchell and Cheryl Lee Ralph have joined the CBS comedy FAM. The show is about a woman named Clem and her younger sister who comes to live with her and Clem's fiance, Jay, to escape her train wreck of a father. Stokes and Ralph will play Jay's parents. Jay and Clem have not yet been cast, but none other than roundabout Scott Ellis will direct the pilot. So hopefully we'll get a few more theater people in there as well. Speaking of shows with lots of theater folk, more from Deadline. The website filled in some gaps for us last week Is it reported that Stephanie Stiles has been cast in Three Rivers. She will join Tony winners Annalee Ashford and John Kett in the ABC sitcom. The show centers on Rebecca Watts, played by Ashford, who left her family's Texas ranch years ago to work at an upscale hotel in New York. But after being promised ownership of the ranch by her smooth-talking cowboy dad, Bo played by Lara Kett. She's back and ready to utilize her big city tactics to turn their rustic ranch into a destination spot oozing southern hospitality. Stiles will play Leanne, a real southern beauty who's always pageant ready. Uh, I believe Stephanie Stiles is also from Houston originally, so that works. As we discussed last week, Stiles was set to play Miss Flemption in the Encore's production of Grand Hotel. Her casting in Three Rivers allowed my prediction of Helena York taking over the role to finally become true So thank you, ABC. And finally, from Deadline, former Broadway Alphaba Natalie, pay attention. Former Broadway (laughs) Alphaba Nicole Parker has landed a leading role in NBC's Friends-in-Law. Friends-in-Law centers on Brian and Jake, who are polar opposites and must quickly figure out how to coexist when their respective best friends, Margaret, played by Parker, and Randy, decide to get married. Of course, before joining Wicked and subsequent Broadway shows, Parker spent six seasons on Fox's Mad TV, so TV comedies are not exactly foreign to her. So, guys, which one or two, because I'm going to break my own rule and give you two, shows uh, of these jump out to you the most? To me, it'd be a tie between the Leslie Margarita and... Annalise, Stephanie, Styles shows, um, but all of them sound interesting. I, you know, it's interesting to me that of these things that were reported on Friday by Deadline, they're all sitcoms. Uh, no dramas in this mix just yet. But uh, which one jumps out at you, Natalie? Are you going just mm. basically with Friends in Law because it has an alphabet in it?
1: Well, well, definitely. Always got to keep the alphabets in mind. But I love Queen Leslie so, and I, I'll watch anything she's in. So I'm really excited, and I think that. It sounds interesting, too. So yeah, definitely and, that
0: and, one. Yeah, and Leslie, he's been on TV a lot. She yeah. is currently on um, Showtime's Homeland. She's getting ready a new show starring uh, Alan Cumming, is starting called Instinct, which she will also be on. She's also going to be on Netflix series uh, Seven Seconds. So she's doing a lot of TV lately.
2: You know what um, is so into the the Broadway market is th- in this television thing is that uh, you know any of these shows could be awesomely good, but if mm-hmm. it's not promoted by the network properly or it's up against a mega mm-hmm. hit, then they're just dead in the water you know I mean
1: yeah, yeah that's true.
2: So it's hard to predict what's going to be a hit there, but uh, Leslie Margarita is uh, pretty darn funny. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and she, you know, just could be, could be her time for a big breakout. I, it it would not surprise me. Would not surprise me. I hope so. And I'm hoping that Stokes's show does not happen because I want the damn (laughs) ragtime concert. Okay. (laughs) I'm tired of waiting for it.
0: Yeah. We don't know when that's happening, but. It doesn't sound like he's at the center of the show. It seems like they're, he's a supporting character who knows how big. But um, but what
2: if they shoot in Paris? <laughs> Him and Tony Shalhoub can swap
0: war stories.
2: Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is all awesome. But, you know, I wait for the spring when the Broadway geese fly from the West Coast to the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, after their shows don't get picked up, they yes, come back home. Exactly. Okay, what do we have in our recommendation section?
0: Okay, I've got two things about two new musicals. The first one's from Chris Jones at the Chicago Tribune, and it's a behind-the-scenes look at Pretty Woman. Um, not a, a ton of, of new material in here uh, in terms of topics, but uh, Jones does get some more quotes and some more introspective stuff going on here, especially about the music. Um, he talks a lot about the difficulties of threading the needle, of making... Pretty Woman the musical retain all of the charm and the humor of Pretty Woman the film without relying too much on the outdated misogynistic tone that the film retro, you know, has looking at it retroactively. Um, He also has some great stories about how the original film was when it was originally written as a film called 3000 was much grittier. The uh, the Richard Gere character wasn't in meant to fall in love with Vivian. uh, But because it was being produced by Disney, they cleaned that up and made it a little more fun. But still, they were considering Al Pacino to play the Richard Gere role, which definitely would have changed that film a lot. Uh, They talk about how Jerry Mitchell and Brian Adams and um, and Valance, I forget uh, Valance's first name is songwriting partner, they secretly did a a lot of writing and structuring for the show while Jerry Mitchell was in town working on what I think is called halftime or what was called halftime or go dance or whatever it is Um, a summer ago in Chicago, Brian Adams would just fly in, uh, take a day off from his tour and fly in and write with him there. So that's really interesting. That show begins previews this week in Chicago. The other one is from Susie Evans of the Hollywood reporter and talking about how frozen comes to Broadway with a tighter focus and a timely message. She mentions the fact that a lot of the reviews based off of the Chicago or the uh, the Denver uh, out-of-town tryout for F- Frozen where that the show was too dark. In to, trying to differentiate itself from the animated film, they didn't have enough of the heartwarming, fluffy stuff that you expect from a Disney show. So, since so many of the reviews said that, director Michael Grandage said, "quote when certain things get said multiple times, whether it's by an audience, a critic, or by ourselves then it's worth worth listening to that voice. And that's one of the things that initially led to them changing about 30% of the show for the Broadway run. Grandage also compares Frozen to Shakespearean pastoral comedies and said that he looked at the Bard for how to structure some of these things and to balance the humor with some of the deeper stuff underneath it. Um, they One of the things they added in was incorporating more onstage moments for Casey Levy and Patty Murin as the sisters, which apparently was in something else, that a lot of the critics said were lacking in the in the uh, Denver run. Now, guys, I've been having this conversation with a couple people a lot because it's something that comes up this time of year in a lot of the promo stuff, whether it's just pictures or articles or the videos and the songs they're doing. They're really pushing Casey Levy's Elsa as the front. Mm-hmm. However, much like the film, from people who've seen. Frozen on Broadway, Patty Murren's Princess Anna is more at the center of the story. And if you've seen the film, that's not a surprise. Anna's a bigger part in the film, just like she is in the musical. So it's getting interesting to me as to how they're going to handle this for Tony's season. I'm guessing neither of them will be above the title. So either they're going to have to leave both of them in the featured category or they're going to have to petition for one of them to be moved into the lead. Now, as we've talked about for almost a year now katrina link more or less has the lead actress in a musical category at the tony's sewn up so the producers gonna have to figure out do they want to put elsa in the lead category she is the more iconic of the two and has always been at the center of marketing for both the movie and so far for the stage show or do you put anna who is kind of the second of the sisters but the bigger role on stage. James, you know the inside baseball of these kind of decisions a lot more. What do you think Disney is going to do just taking a guess between how they market these two uh, characters for the Tony Awards?
2: When you talk to a 10-year-old girl and you say Frozen, what do they say? What do they sing? Let Let it go. Let it go, right. Let Let it go, which is Elsa's number. Uh, and I think that they're going to focus on that. It's going to all be about Elsa. Uh, And I think that the producers get to petition uh, when nobody's above the title. They'll they'll get to petition, and I generally think that the Tony Awards will accept the producers' petition for that type of thing.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because uh, most people that I've seen that or I've talked to that have seen it, and maybe it's because they know I know Patty, but a lot of them are saying that This is a breakout performance from Patty and very will certainly earn a Tony nomination no matter what category she's in. But if she's not up against Katrina Link, it could lead to a—knocking on wood—could potentially lead to a win if she's in that featured category. So we'll have to see what the producers decide to do here in about, oh, about a month and a half.
2: So I meant to send you something, but I didn't send it, so let me add it uh, right now while we're talking about it uh well you know let's flip back to um the 1994 revival of carousel okay, um, okay let's let's <laughs> the 1994 revival of carousel do you know who billy bigelow and julie jordan were uh
0: you know, I feel like I should, but I I don't. I mean,
2: I obviously know Audra so, Ann McDonald was Carrie Pipperidge. Carrie Pipperidge, the second. Uh, that's my point. Is that Audra's breakout was in that second role. That and yeah. nobody's nobody's ever said, "Oh, Carrie's a great role. I want to play Carrie." You know, it's it's kind
1: mm-hmm. of a yeah.
2: Billy Bigelow was played by Michael, Michael Hayden, Hayden.
0: Yeah. and I'm sure you know this and Julie is played by Sally Murphy two Sally people
2: that I honestly have never heard of before. Sally's <laughs> on TV these days. Uh Brian Darcy oh, James she? was in this cast. Uh Oh yeah. It was a great... Sally Murphy was on
0: was in she was of course she played Ivy in August Osage County. So
2: And uh, uh, and Carousel was uh Tate Diggs's Broadway debut.
0: There you so, go. And then Audra and Tay ended up being exes on TV's private practice. Boom, I just won mm-hmm. the Six Degrees of Audra McDonald. Whoa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you it's know all Fisher, connected.
2: <laughs> do you know Fisher Stevens? Uh, uh, Robin Williams' movie, Fisher Stevens, uh, where he was the homeless. Robin, the, w- huh? the,
0: Fisher, the Fisher King. The
2: Fisher King. Fisher King. Uh, yeah. So uh, great cast there, but that's not what I was going to I, I meant to send you and talk about. What I meant to send you and talk about was I do declare, have you seen this month's Town and Country magazine?
0: No. No. I have
2: not <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Elsa Gardner, uh who, who um I know all, all about a- Elsa. Uh, Elsa Gardner was, uh, as as far as I know, was the uh, theater critic for USA Today, but I haven't seen her byline in USA Today in a while. I don't know if uh, she's still at that gig, but she wrote for Town & Country what it took to bring Disney's Frozen to Broadway. Uh, oh. And it was it's a very short, interesting little piece, talk with Tom Schumacher, talk with Jordan Roth. Uh, pretty pictures of the St. James under renovation and things like that. Uh, so uh, that's a, that's a fun thing. I'm going to send it to you so you can throw it into the okay. show notes so that people can. Uh... I, just I just want to I, I just want to say I want to reiterate. You just asked
0: me. I do declare. <laughs> have you seen this month's edition of Town and Country? <laughs> I do like, declare. are you, are you, are. I don't even like. Are you like gone with the wind or are you foghorn leghorn? Like I don't understand. Foghorn.
2: Oh, Matt, heavenly, bless your heart.
0: (laughs) I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. (laughs) I know we're totally (laughs) off the rails. All right, Natalie, why don't you get us back on schedule and get us through this week's theatrical schedule?
1: All right. Well. First up, the original Broadway production Mean Girls will begin previews tonight at the August Wilson Theater. This show made its world premiere at the National Theater in Washington, D.C. in 2017. Casey Nicola directs and choreographs this production. Taylor Louderman from Broadway's Kinky Boots will take on the role of Queen Bee Regina George with Ashley Park from The King and I and Kate Rockwell from Bring It On as her fellow Plastics, Gretchen Wieners and Karen Smith. Erica Henningsen will play the central role of Katie Heron. Mean Girls will officially open on April 8th. Tina will begin previews tonight in London's Aldwych Theatre. This new musical, presented in association with Tina Turner herself, reveals the untold story of a woman who dared to defy the bounds of her age, gender, and race. Tony nominee Adrian Warren will take on the role of Tina. This production will officially open on April 21st. Lincoln Center, Warren
0: also of Broadway's Bring It On, the musical.
1: Yes. Lincoln Center Theater's production, Admissions, opens tonight. Sherry, head of the admissions department at the Hillcrest School, is fighting to diversify the student body. And alongside her husband, the school's headmaster, they've largely succeeded. But when their only son sets his sights on an Ivy League university, personal ambition collides with progressive values. Admissions will run through April 29th. Keen Company's off-Broadway revival, Later Life, will begin previews on Tuesday. A middle-aged man and woman meet at a cocktail party and ponder beginning the relationship that eluded them 30 years ago. It's a romantic tale of missed connections and hope for new beginnings. Later Life will run through April 14th. The original Broadway production, Escape to Margaritaville, will open on Thursday at the Marquee Theatre. This new musical is the story of a part-time bartender, part-time singer, and a full-time charmer named Tully, who thinks he's got his life all figured out until a career-minded tourist steals his heart and makes him question everything. This production includes new music by Jimmy Buffett, along with many of his hit songs. Escape to Margaritaville is directed by two-time Tony nominee Christopher Ashley. The cast includes Paul Alexander Nolan, Rima Webb, Alison Luff, Lisa Howard, and more.
2: Let me interrupt you for a second here. Uh, Matt, have you heard about uh, the reviewers going to Margaritaville? Uh, No, I haven't heard this story. Uh, I was speaking to some folks who uh, are reviewers who have gone to see the show. Uh, When you go to pick up your. I know where the. Can I guess? Yeah. Can I guess? Sure. Are they giving them free margaritas? (laughs) Free drinks. Free drinks <laughs> for huh. you. getting drink tickets, uh, getting unlimited maybe. drink tickets for uh, reviewers. That's it's probably going to help them. <laughs> uh, they yeah. might need it. You know, I. You know, they do that at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Not that I've ever partaken, but they always offer it to me when I go to nice. the Paper Mill. In fact, uh, I have taken the tickets because my wife might like a glass of white wine <laughs> uh, <laughs> at, inter- at intermission. But, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, Paper Mill always offers that. Uh, I think... Um, a few of the other regional theaters as well uh, have. Well, offered I know, that. I know, Daniela
0: Parcell, who we talked about, was on Spring Break up there. She saw uh, Margaritaville, and I believe her caption on her Instagram was just, "I have no words." So take that for what you will. Wow, <laughs> she has no words. I mean, I might have texted her to ask her exactly what she meant, but I won't be sharing that.
2: Hmm. Oh. <laughs> So Natalie, you can resume.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the original Broadway production, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, will begin previews on Friday at the Lyric Theater. Harry Potter, portrayed by Jamie Parker, is now an overworked employee of the Ministry of Magic, a husband, and a father of three school-aged children. While Harry grapples with the past, his youngest son, Albus, portrayed by Sam Clement, struggles with the weight of a family legacy he never wanted. As past and present fuse ominously, both father and son learn that sometimes darkness comes from unexpected places. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child will officially open on April 22nd. Playwrights Horizons' This Flat Earth will begin previews on Friday. In urgent response to our times, This Flat Earth is a startling and deeply felt story of growing up in our confounding world. This production is set to open on April 9th. Classic Staged Company's production of Julius Caesar will begin previews on Friday. Political alliances face off in Shakespeare's tragedy of a democracy gone wrong, and this production is specifically tailored for young audiences. Julius Caesar will run through March 19th. On Sunday, Pretty Woman will open in Chicago at the Oriental Theater. The story of Pretty Woman enters on the down on her luck Hollywood prostitute Vivian Ward, who is hired by a wealthy businessman, Edward Lewis, to be his escort for several business and social functions, and their developing relationship over the course of Vivian's week long stay with him. The cast features Samantha Barks, Tony Award winners Steve Kazee, Orfe, Eric Anderson, Jason Danielly, and more. Pretty Woman will run through April 15th. Harry Clark opens on Sunday at the Minetta Lane Theatre, following a twice-extended world premiere at Off-Broadway's Vineyard Theatre this past fall. Tony winner Billy Crudup will reprise his starring role in the production. Harry Clark will run through May 13th. And there are no major closings this week, so that is it for this week's schedule.
2: Did you guys uh, see or hear about this, um, the Harry Potter ticket um, rush yes. this uh, yeah. on Sunday morning?
0: Yeah, it was it was Sunday or Friday? Or I knew there was something. Obviously, I knew it was going to be over by the time we did this show. But uh, yeah, they were basically giving away tickets for like twenty bucks, right?
2: So on uh, Saturday morning at eight a.m. Uh, we got a press release that the 1,200 tickets of the first Broadway previews of Part 1 and Part 2 are sold for $20 per part, $40 total. You had to be in person at the box office only. Uh, They were uh, beginning sale at 8 p.m., but it seems like uh, our friend Rob Johnston got there early and got a wristband or something like that. So I think that he got tickets i'm not 100 percent sure about that yeah but uh, what i what i saw was people were getting
0: wristbands um if they got the tickets and then if they didn't get if they if they sold like 600 of them and then they would get a different color wristband depending on if they were on the wait list or something like that so lots of wristbands going around but a, a lot of people were
2: very very happy on the broadway world message boards this weekend and uh boz bomber boy was there so somebody said uh oh yeah yeah, so, he
0: also uh, had some very nice things to say about Frozen, which he saw this weekend
2: Ah, excellent So we're going to have to keep our eye on Buzz to see uh, what he's what he's saying about this But uh, yeah, uh, Saturday morning, throwing a wrench into the works there for lots of people uh, <laughs> All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on
0: Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWB Matt. And subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play. Natalie, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Noack.
2: And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. It might be a little bit of a snow emergency on Tuesday in New York, so stay tuned to us. We'll let you know how that's impacting the Broadway community. And uh, they're saying blizzard, blizzard, blizzard. Get it. Get it. Get it out of the way before I come to town. Just get it out of the way before I get there. (laughs) By the time you get here, it's going to be 75 and beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little too warm for me. Let's bring it down a little bit. If
2: I'm going to be walking around Manhattan. I don't want. I don't want it to be that. All right. So uh, at least you're not high maintenance. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk to you tomorrow.